you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It is Wednesday, January the 18th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one had the lead in the NFL Total Access picks and predictions game. And then with one week to go in the regular season, he bounced ghosted us, deuced out, and didn't even have the courtesy of Tyreek Hill to throw up the deuces sign on his way past. But like the prodigal son, he has returned, and we have prepared a feast of fatted calf and divisional round drama for Thomas Davis Sr. Welcome back, TD. Sometimes when you have the lead, you just got to let well enough be well enough and walk (laughs) away. Well, interestingly enough, voice number two was awarded the Picks and Predictions Game Championship due to the absence of a challenger. She's the host of Total Access and the L Huddle podcast. She's a Dolphins fan who is now free of any emotional entanglements of a rooting variety in the postseason. Welcome back to back, MJ Costa Ruiz. It's kind of liberating, I have to say. <laughs> Welcome to the fandom of a Washington fan. It's a conspiracy. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, why the Hall of Fame underdog, Kurt Warner, is now officially the Dak Prescott Whisperer. But first, the precise, exact, actually, combination of stats that are required for a stunning shock the world and flip your hair in the face of doubt upset for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars over the AFC top seed Kansas City Chiefs. For that, we bring in our resident mathematician, Thomas Davis Sr. You have the combination to unlock the top seed Kansas City Chiefs. Give me some numbers. Let's put this together. Jags fans, listen in, lean in. Here is what you need for a win this weekend 
Hit me with a TD. What you got? The first number is zero. Yes, the number is zero. They got to have zero turnovers. Fires. That ball's intercepted. And the Chargers have their fourth interception of Trevor Lawrence in the first half of this football game. They can't give Patrick Mahomes extra possessions and allow him to go out and do what he's been doing his whole career. This Jacksonville team is not equipped or built to be able to withstand something like that. We know that they were able to do that against the Chargers, but this is a different animal that they're going against. Um, my next number is 50. The number 50, you have to keep them to under 50 yards rushing. And that's going to be a tough task because we know Andy Reid is going to be committed to having balance. But that's the one thing that you have to take away from Patrick Mahomes. You can't allow them to have balance offensively to where you have to guess defensively. whether they are going to do next? What are they going to do next? you got to force them to pass the ball so that you can get after him and make him uncomfortable. And my third and final number that you guys are going to have to really pay attention to is four. You have to limit Travis Kelsey to four receptions. If you allow him to get more than that, that's going to mean that Patrick Mahomes is cooking, he's comfortable, and Kelsey is on the move. So you got to hold him to four receptions or less. Okay, in summation, zero. Zero turnovers. Also, hold a Kansas City team not known for rushing, but make sure that they are one-dimensional and hold them to under 50 rushing yards. And this is the hardest one for me to even believe, TD. Four. Keeping Travis Kelsey to four catches or fewer. That seems like a tall order. MJ Acosta-Ruiz, I'll turn to you. Thank you, first of all, TD, for that combination. No that sounds like a very tall order. In fact, that last number sounds damn near impossible. Do you agree? A hundred percent. I mean, the Chiefs have just, year after year, every time, there's always people trying to find like that wrinkle. Well, what is it about this team? And it's not that they're unbeatable obviously they are every single team in the league is but the way that they just continue to play the way that Andy Reid continues to scheme these things up and that the players especially Patrick Mahomes continue to rise to the occasion and the point of Travis Kelsey towards the beginning of the season we kept saying how are these people leaving this man all by himself like Celine Dion out there it doesn't make sense <laughs> The math I is believe that's mathing. a song reference all yes. by myself. Entirely. It's crazy. And yet he always finds a way. Um, there's just there's just something special about this team. And I don't want to say that it's magic because it isn't. It is skill. It is skill and it is strategy and it's talent. Um, and it always comes together. So the road ahead for the for the Jaguars is going to be um, really steep. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has as many playoff wins as the Jaguars do in all time. Uh, in their franchise. That would be eight. So this is this is going to be an interesting one. But I'm also very excited to see what the Jaguars bring because they are a gritty little team, as we found out, and especially heading into the post. Yeah, they certainly are. In fact, one of the numbers that stands out to me, MJ, is the number five, fifth overall in the NFL at creating sacks. They are also fifth in the NFL. Not surprising. It's kind of a hand-in-glove stat at forcing defensive turnovers. And of course, the number five for Kansas City is, is a hopeful five. They are hoping to make their fifth straight AFC championship game. Now, if they do make a fifth straight AFC championship game, it will come in no small part to what we are calling, and it's almost hard to believe that we're calling it when we consider what he's accomplished in his career already. But we are seeing another level, another layer a maturation of Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. of a former MVP, of a 
a former Super Bowl MVP, and yet he is continuing. You said he's rising to the occasion. His skill set continues to rise as well. MJ, I'll turn back to you for the first shot at this one. What is it about this Kansas City offense that has allowed Mahomes to mature mm -hmm. and has allowed them to be even more effective in the absence of Tyreek Hill? I think it's mindset. Um, and what I mean by that is their full, unflappable belief that they know the talent that they have there and that they have a coach leading them that can put everything into place. Even if you lose a guy like Tyreek Hill that was a speed down field threat that is a game changer by any definition, that they weren't going to flinch in that absence, that they were going to elevate other players, actually, and not necessarily at the same position. I'm so happy with how Jet McKinnon has come into this season, yes. what he's been able to do for yes. this team, especially with the adversity he has faced the last several years from coming back from injury, really, because it's been injury after injury for him. Mahomes being pressured, moves to his right. They're coming from behind him. Now flings it, slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! It was an underhanded shovel at the right boundary for a 56-yard touchdown. They were all over him. And he just slings it under his hip to McKinnon. The fact that they're able to make other people better within the system speaks volumes to what this team is made of. McKinnon not exactly a like-for-like -like replacement not for Tyreek Hill, and yet in some ways, mm -hmm. MJ, he is fulfilling that same role. He is a guy capable of turning a quick out, a check down, a dump into the flat, yep. Yep. a two-yard play into 20, a four-yard play into 40. He's not quite the eight into 80 as we saw from Tyreek Hill, mm -hmm. but TD, I want to turn back to you with this stat in mind. There is a diversification, I guess we could call it, of the Kansas City Chiefs offense this season that includes not a record, but an NFL high usage for running backs and tight ends. In terms of receptions for running backs and tight ends, they most in the NFL. 238 receiving yards for running backs and tight ends most in the nfl almost 2600 yards they are also leading the nfl in receiving touchdowns for those two position groups at 28 mahomes guns it over the middle caught 20 yard line in the 15 yard line angling near side with a block 10 5 kelsey stretches out for the end zone touchdown receiving first downs from those two position groups at 146 and yards after catch, something that we used to attribute very directly to Tyreek Hill, most in the NFL, over 1,800 yards. What are you seeing from this Kansas City Chiefs offense, TD, that is particularly frightening? You're a defender facing a team like this. How do you plan? Who, who do you try to take away? Can you take their pieces away when you consider this is an offense now that uses every single piece on the playing board? You know, before I answer that, the questions that we had coming into the season have been answered. We wanted to know how the Chiefs were going to look without Tyreek Hill. Well, right. This is the offense. This is what they look like. This is what they're capable of. They are, they're capable of creating so many mismatches and having opportunities to take advantage of having so many other guys on the field when you don't have to worry about, one, getting Tyreek Hill the ball, taking advantage of his skill set, throwing it down the field. You can see the whole field versus throwing bombs five or six times a game, you can throw checkdowns to your tight ends, to your running backs, and get those guys to ball to keep the chains moving. Um, Patrick Mahomes had 
probably a career year um, when it comes to passing yards. And he was able to do that by getting these guys to ball. So for a defensive player, it creates so many problems because you have to worry about, all right, who's the ball going to next? What situation do I have to worry about? Where is Travis Kelsey? Where is Jet McKinnon? Where are all of these guys going to be on the field and how is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes going to utilize those weapons? Patrick Mahomes has a stat that I find absolutely remarkable. When you look at the list of quarterbacks who have the most touchdowns on passes of fewer than 10 air yards in a single regular season since 2016, on this list are three names, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is on this list three times, including this year, when he has the all-time number of 31 touchdowns on passes of fewer than 10 air yards. And it just goes to show that in this new offense, he's getting everybody involved. He is, it's really death by a thousand cuts. It's not deep passes downfield to a streaking Tyreek Hill. It is get the ball into people's hands, have good blocking schemes, know your role, and it's working highly, highly effectively. You said that there were some numbers that could give Jags fans and Jags players hope of turning this one over. It's an eight and a half point gap. It's a big number for the playoffs. In your heart of hearts, do you think this game will be close later than we think? Or will the Kansas City Chiefs do what a lot of people think they will do, get ahead early, stay ahead early, and extend that lead all the way through the 60 minutes? No, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people anticipate, huh. especially than the score or the spread dictates. Because I think this Jacksonville Jaguars team, they're starting to gain some traction. They're starting to gain momentum. And one of the things that you cannot account for is how a team plays late down the stretch. This Jaguars team was left for dead in the first half of that Chargers game. Everybody, including one better, who made a decision to put $1.4 million on a live bet, and he would only win $11,000. And he took the Chargers' money line, and he lost $1.4 million. Mm. Oh my goodness so gracious. I think that in itself really speaks to what people really thought about that game. They thought that the game was over, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, they always, they, they believed. They never lost faith. They never lost sight of the goal at hand. And they knew that football is played for four quarters, not two. And they went out and they got the job done. So this is a battle-tested team. And it's hard to beat a team that has faced adversity, that has a never-say-never -never attitude. And that's what I think this Jacksonville team has right now. Okay, former player. Can you honestly say you played, what, 16, 17 years in the NFL? Former Walter Payton Man of the Year. At halftime, it's 27 zip. You're looking at that game. Were you thinking to yourself ways in which the other Josh Allen and this Jags defense could get back into the game and suddenly stop the Bolts? Or did you, uh, can you honestly say that you thought that they still had a chance? Now, Andrew, I'm going to tell you this. You said 27 to zip, which it, it wasn't 27. No, you're absolutely right. It was 27 it was to zip 27, at one point. Right. They scored right just it before the half. It was 27 to 7. Yes, and it was. That, was. that was the thing that made me think that this Jacksonville team had hope because of the way the Chargers handled that half, that situation right before the half. Sean McDermott used to always tell us when he was our defensive coordinator in Carolina that you don't want to allow the team to score before the half or at the end of a game because those are the teams that from a momentum standpoint usually ends up winning the game. When it was 24-zip, there was that muffed punt. It came off the helmet of the Jags downfield special teams player. 
And of course, the Bolts ended up first and goal inside the 10 with a chance to go up 31 zip. I found it to be very, very important that they held the Chargers at that point to a field goal. Mikey M called that out the other day, and I think he's absolutely right. That felt pivotal. Add that to what you've just said, scoring just before the half. It really did give this team hope. And we watched the face of Doug Peterson. He never seemed too stressed about this. Trevor Lawrence never seen that stressed either. You looked on the other side of the field, MJ, and I saw Brandon Staley fretting the entire game start to finish. He's fretting a lot more now for reasons that may include his employment. We'll talk about that another day. We have to move on to the next game, but let's put a button on this one so that you can circle it, put it on your schedule, commit this to memory. Game number one of the divisional round, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road at Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, the top-seeded Kansas City Chiefs. Saturday, 4.30 Eastern Time. That game is on NBC. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. Let's turn to the next game, the second of two Saturday games. It is, of course, in the NFC. The sixth-seeded New York Giants on the road to take on their divisional rival, the devil you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, the top-seeded Philadelphia Eagles. That is Saturday, 8-15 Eastern, and that game is on Fox. First question goes to you, MJ. If Jalen Hurts is healthy, 100%, I guess it's almost impossible to, impossible. to believe that anybody's 100% in the NFL at this right. point, but if he is as healthy as he needs to be to expect a complete performance where you don't throw any plays out, the playbook is open, everything's on the table, is there any chance that the Eagles lose this game? With all, all those things being considered, no. I mean, it's just, when we're watching the press conferences and we've heard clips from the last couple of days of Jalen Hurts, there was something so eerily calm about the way he was addressing every single question. Do you think they'll target your shoulder? Do you think they're going to come out? And he's like, I got a body on me every game. What are you talking about? This isn't new to me. This is what we always do. So that lends me to believe that, one, he feels very strong and very confident about where his shoulder is. Obviously, otherwise he wouldn't be out there. And two, that he is ready for this level to continue to shut down all of the doubt that he's had from literally the moment he was drafted into this league. So if all things being what you said and they are healthy and shoot, he's under control, it'd be really, really tough. It will be really, really tough because if he's 100%, then now you look at guys like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and you realize that they can now also play at 100% at full speed. There is no compensation for a different quarterback. There is no compensation for a quarterback who may not be 100% there at full speed. Hurts, back, pumps, looks. He is floating it deep for A.J. Brown, who hasn't. And he scores! A.J. Brown scored his second touchdown of the game. If they are at full speed, TD, how do you stop this combination of a very effective backfield with Miles Sanders and Gainwell and, of course, Jalen Hurts on a lot of designed runs himself? Now you bring in A.J. Brown, the yak master, the big body guy who is an absolute terror for NFL secondaries, and Devonta Smith, the splendid splinter. How do you stop it? Can the Giants defense stop it? What's the trick to stopping it? You know, you have to pick your poison when you're playing these guys, but I think the biggest question for me, though, Andrew, is the health of Lane Johnson. Is this guy going to be available? Is he going to be able to go out and give them enough productive minutes? He's. This is not an easy task to go against this Giants defensive front, the way that they've been performing, the way that they've been playing. And Wink Martindale has done a great job of finding ways to pressure the quarterback. And that's been one of the biggest differences in this Giants football team. So, if Lane Johnson is not healthy, they're going to take advantage of that matchup. And I, I looked and I saw Gunnar Minshew come in and, and take over for Jalen Hurts. And I'm thinking, like, there's not going to be a big drop-off with Gunnar Minshew in because he's proven that he can go out and he can be productive at quarterback. But the biggest difference... He didn't have Lane Johnson when he was out there playing in those games, and it showed up in a big way. He was never able to get comfortable, and 
that's something that we're going to have to really pay close attention to. Make sure to go to NFL.com and check in, of course, with NFL Network for the latest injury news on all players on all eight teams as we head into the divisional round. We will certainly know more about Lane Johnson as the week unfolds, but in that right tackle position, massively important role when you are facing guys like Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, to TD's point. Now, the one thing, TD, that the Giants do not do in their history is lose to number one seeds. They are six and oh, versus number one seeds in the playoffs since 1990. That includes three Super Bowl wins, one NFC Championship game win, and two divisional round wins. There is a game script, of course, that we see a Giants win on the backside of as the final chapter. What would that include? I'm not gonna ask you for numbers as I did for the Jags, but what? are the keys to a Giants win. And I'll take it even even a step further, Andrew. It's hard to beat a team three times in yes, one it is. season. Yes, it is. Like it, it's, it's extremely tough, and that's what this Eagles team will be trying to do this weekend. I think the biggest thing that they have to make sure that they do, they have to get after Jalen Hurts. You can't sit there and allow him to get comfortable. And the Giants, they have to run the ball successfully. If they don't run the ball successfully against this Eagles team with the way that this D-line has been constructed, they ha they have, I think, four or five guys that have 10-plus sacks this season, which is unheard of for one team. But for them to be in the position that they are in. The Giants cannot try to get into a passing game where they sit back and allow Daniel Jones to throw the ball across the yard. They are successful when he has success running the football and handing the ball to Saquon Barkley. Takes the snap, play fake to Barkley. Jones rolls to his left, gets a block from Thomas. He's to the five. Jones races in. Touchdown, Giants. Second rushing touchdown for Daniel Jones. And let the party begin at MetLife Stadium. Okay, and they have had a lot of success doing just that this season. They are the fourth-ranked rushing offense in the NFL. And as good as the Eagles' defense is, they are second in total defense, and they are eighth in scoring defense. They are susceptible to the run. Their rushing defense is ranked tied for 16th in the NFL, middle of the pack. And when you consider that Daniel Jones has been using his legs more and more effectively over the last few weeks of the season, this spells potential danger for the Eagles. Is Daniel Jones the key, MJ, in your estimation? Your husband, David, is a Giants fan. You will be watching this game as a matter of course, occupational hazard. Of course, you're gonna be watching all four games, but you're certainly gonna be watching with a closer eye because your husband has a rooting interest in this game. Give him more than just tacit hope. No. Give him real hope. Does it rely on the legs of Daniel Jones as much as the arm? My goodness. Um, oh, that's such an obscure situation, right? Because I certainly wasn't Look, I've been a critic of Daniel Jones, full transparency, yes, for, you have. for quite some time. And I think it, it's not unwarranted. There were a lot of issues that needed to be cleaned up. And year after year, not only were they not cleaned up, but it was it seemed like he got more and more rope, you know. So this year, I'm glad that under the tutelage of, of Dayball, he has been able to elevate his game. The rushing side of things, like, look, we all vividly remember that one play a few seasons ago when he tried to run and he tripped over himself. Yes. It happened to anybody. I'm the, Even as a dancer, I'm one of the clumsiest people on the planet, so I can't imagine having to make a Yeah, but as a team. visual, it right. did send a and message looked, that this we, guy's a little bit baby giraffe. And, right, exactly. So I'm like, dang, that's who they got to rely on at QB. However, I also give credit where credit is due, and he has elevated his game this season, and his team is in the divisional round 
of the playoffs. Good on you, Daniel Jones. But if I have to come down to relying on Daniel Jones, I still have a trust issue there. I really, truly do. However, thankfully for the Giants, <laughs> they also have Saquon Barkley there, and they have a group of receivers who have really stepped up as of late. I like the grit that they've showed. I like the resilience that they've showed, and I like how they've proven us, the doubters, and I put myself in that category wrong in many, many instances. So I like where this is trending, but I think this will be the toughest, toughest challenge for this Giants team thus far this year. As difficult as it has been to predict where the Philadelphia Eagles offense will hurt you, they really have, if we're being honest, relied on the strength of their defense this season. And at a time like this, Thomas Davis, you know better than anybody, there is a reason that that phrase gets bandied about so often this time of year, that defense wins championships. It's a tired, dusty old phrase, and yet we pull it out of the attic this time of year, every year, because there is truth to it. This is the number one passing defense in the NFL, and as good as their corners are, Gardner Johnson and Darius Slay, it is mostly because of what they are able to do up front. They have the most sacks when using four or fewer pass rushers in the regular season since 2016. No fewer than 50 sacks this year for the Eagles came when they were rushing four or fewer. Is the Eagles defense going to have the final say in this game? They're going to have to. Here comes the rush. They've got him again! They've got him again. He's pulled down by T.J. Edwards, and that would be sack number nine. They're going to have to be the end all in this game because we have to believe that Jalen Hurts is going to go out and he's going to put on performance much like he did the last time he was able to play against the Giants at full strength. You know, he had a ton of rushing yards. He had a ton of passing yards, and he got the job done. But this defense... There's been a ton of questions, in particular about their running game. 16th in the NFL for a team that's number one, that was undefeated for most of the season, is unacceptable. You have to be much better than that. It's not always about just pinning your ears back and getting out to the quarterback. You have to make teams one-dimensional so that you can get in that position. If you allow them to run the football, then you can't do that. So I think a big part of this has been the absence of Jordan Davis. And I know that he's just a rookie, but his impact on this defense has been tremendous. When he's on the field versus when he's not on the field, this is a different eagle front. So I think with him being back on the field, they're going to be a much dominant bunch of guys and they're going to go out and they're going to dominate in this run game. What possible interest do you have in the career of Jordan Davis? Where did he play his college ball again? Mm -hmm. Go Dogs. Yeah, go dogs. Close game. Yo, I'm glad that you guys eked that one out. I mean, I was I was on, on so eggshells the whole game. <laughs> you pulled it out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. And with me today is our usual Friday crew. We're so glad to have them on a Wednesday. MJ Acosta-Ruiz, the host of NFL Total Access, and Thomas Davis Sr., the veteran of 16 NFL seasons. Two games down, two more divisional dramatic games to come. We only have five minutes to go. My clock management is terrible. It's like the Ravens in that last game. So now, here we go. Bengals and Bills. Bengals and Bills is the first of two. Sunday divisional round games. It is 3 p.m. Eastern, and that game is on CBS. MJ, you mentioned trust earlier when talking about the Giants. Trust seems to be the word that is being attached more and more every week to the Buffalo Bills, to Josh Allen. I can't believe we're saying it. He was a preseason MVP darling and favorite, and he may still be a candidate, but he's certainly now a candidate more for doubt than anything. Are you having trust issues Thomas Davis Sr. with Josh Allen. I very much am having trust issues with Josh Allen, and in particular in the red zone. His decision-making down there has been very, very questionable for me. Allen, back to pass, in the pocket, to the end zone. Yes! Intercepted by Patrick Peterson! And he slides down! And the Minnesota Vikings come to Buffalo, and they walk off! He's done a great job of leading this team down the field, whether it's running the ball, whether it's throwing the ball. He does a great job of utilizing the weapons that are around him. But for whatever reason, it, it's almost like he gets in the red zone, and, it, and he starts to panic. It's like... You just see it come over him. If they get pressure on him or if they have a bad play, they score a touchdown, it gets called back, and then it's like he's forcing the ball. He's just forcing it into a bad situation, making bad throw after bad throw. Sean McDermott has to really get into Josh Allen's ear and tell him, hey, it's not a bad thing 
to end a red zone drive with a field goal. Once he starts to understand and realize that, then they're going to be a much better team because getting down there as many times as they've had in the last five or six weeks and throwing the ball to the other team is unacceptable. You know, the red zone will certainly be a piece of real estate with a great deal of consequence with in every NFL game, but certainly with this game. The Bengals offense ranked fifth in red zone offense. The Bills defense ranked second in the NFL in red zone defense. Bengals defense tied for ninth in the red zone. Bills offense ninth in the red zone. So they're top 10 units on both sides of the ball in the red zone. MJ, I found this game to be the hardest to to kind of prognosticate, to make yeah. a prediction on. I'm not in the predictions game myself, but of course, everyone listening, and certainly I am no different, we make our predictions in our heads and our souls. Occasionally we share it if we're bold enough. I found this one very, very difficult. I feel like in some ways it's kind of a gut call. So my question for you is, what is your gut telling you about the Bengals and the Bills game? We won't hold you to it on Sunday, sure. but where does it sit now on Wednesday? What is your gut telling you? Oh, man. Um, as it sits right now, I'm leaning just slightly towards the Bills. And I don't know if it's because of the emotion of everything that led up. You know, it's going to be 20 days from that canceled game. Um, Back in week 17. Where, yes, where DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field that these two teams will now meet. And that's certainly still top of mind for everybody in there. The way that this, even that day, this was one of the, I guess, most even matchups in terms of strength and deficiencies from each team and who can exploit what and the power of each offense and who can stop whom. It's, and it's still that way for me. This is the type of football and this is the type of matchup that I want to see at this point. In it the sure game. is. A hundred percent. I don't, I, I'm going to have a very tough time picking this for, for Friday's total access. And I love that. I love that because earlier in the year when I've had tough times picking a game, it's because I'm like, oh, which one of these teams is more likely to lose? You know, this is a completely different breath. These are two unbelievably good teams. Um, and I feel like the Bengals team is still a little bit underrated with everything that they've done, maybe because of the way that they started the year. But they're tough, man. They're really, really tough. Joe drops back to throw. His pass caught by Chase at the 50. Runs through an arm tackle. Down the sideline. He's going to take it to the house. And um, the Bills got to get it together, with, especially with those red zone deficiencies on the offensive side before they match up. But I love this for us. I love that it's this difficult to break down, that it's this difficult to call. This is how it should be in the divisional round. Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, this is a top 10 Bengals offense. It is a top five Bengals defense. It is a top three Bills offense. And then ever so slight concerns if we're talking simply numbers about the Bills defense. They are pretty darn good mm -hmm. where it matters most. They are the sixth ranked scoring defense in the NFL. They are very good against the run. They're seventh there, but they are 16th overall. And that is due to some porous passing defense. Maybe that will be significant. The questions that will be answered in the days to come and the weeks to come, will Josh Allen lead the Bills to the AFC Championship for the second time in three seasons? Can Joe Burrow and the Bengals make it back to the Super Bowl? Which win streak continues? 
is, that's the question that will be answered this week. Is it Joe Burrow's nine-game win streak or Josh Allen's eight-game win streak? That question will be answered starting Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That game is on CBS. One minute to go, one game to go. It is the NFC. It is the afternoon cap, the night cap. It's 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Cowboys in Santa Clara to take on the second seeded and hugely dangerous San Francisco 49ers. That game is on Fox. Guys, where do you go with this? I would say this. My question to you, MJ, is this. Mike Robb couldn't sleep the other night because he was up thinking about the dynamism of a Kyle Shanahan offense out of base personnel, out of base personnel that is basically looks like run, personnel. It's a run formation, Mm -hmm. and yet he is disguising, switching roles. You never know who's going to do what, and he is passing out of that base formation, and it's effective as hell. Purdy going to throw back middle, wide open, Debo Samuel, down the sideline, Debo, touchdown! And when you go through the list of weapons that, yes, Mr. Irrelevant, formerly Mr. Irrelevant, man, he's relevant now, Brock Purdy, has at his disposal. Christian McCaffrey, Eli Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Oh yeah, George Kittle. Uh-huh. <laughs> man, they can hurt you in so many different ways. Mike Rob couldn't sleep. What shouldn't we sleep on when we watch this game? Is it this dynamic Kyle Shanahan play design San Francisco offense, or am I missing something obvious? Now, also, I wish that's what was keeping me up at night. My God. I'll trade you. <laughs> that's a sign of mental health. I'll trade you right yeah, he's a, now. He's a, he's a good My man. goodness. Maybe, I'm going to default to that next time I'm anxious um, and just start thinking about Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Listen, I think the, the obvious way to go here is, is to look at the, the dominant offense. Back to throw it out to the left. All alone. Caught at the two. And a walk-in touchdown for CeeDee Lamb. How did you not cover the second team All-Pro? And Dak Prescott has just tied Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman for the most touchdown passes thrown in a Cowboy playoff game. I think with what the Dallas Cowboys put on tape offensively just a couple days ago, I'm looking at that matchup, at that defensive front specifically, and more so at that 49ers secondary and what they're going to do against this. Are they going to be able to stop? the run as well because the Cowboys were as balanced as I've seen them all season long against the Buccaneers. So I think this will be a very good, I don't want to say litmus test because the 49ers are more than proven, but the Cowboys are going to bring way more fire than I think people have expected them to um, at this point in the year. They've been a little bit inconsistent in that sense, sure, Um, but I think they're playing the best and the right kind of offense this this round and it's going to make for a really interesting game. Dallas offense, the fourth-ranked scoring offense in the NFL. Let's not forget that. Mm -hmm. They are facing a San Francisco defense. That is the first-ranked, the top-ranked total defense, the top-ranked scoring defense, the second-ranked rushing defense, and yet the 20th-ranked passing defense. There may be inroads to success passing the ball against the San Francisco 49ers if, of course, you can stave off the attentions of Bosa and Fred Warner Mm -hmm. and that front seven for San Francisco. TD, you get the last word today. And the question is, who has the last word in the last game of the divisional round? The Cowboys at the 49ers. Who has the last word in this game? How does this one go down? It's going down with Dak going down hard. And I say that because I think 
watching that Tampa Bay game, we were all fooled in thinking that the Dallas Cowboys offense and defense are back. Let's not forget, this is the same football team that we watched go up and play against the Washington Commanders. They had all the starters out there. These guys played the whole game. They were fighting for a chance to win the division. And they laid an egg. They came out flat and they got whooped good. Now, I know they say that you're only good as your last game, but they played a Tampa Bay team that we understand and we know from the NFC South division that had to get into the playoffs by default. They, we had to put somebody from the NFC South in the playoffs, and it just so happened to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they played like we expected from the NFC South. So I wouldn't put a lot of eggs into that basket on thinking that the Dallas Cowboys are back like they seem to think because when they get ready to play against this San Francisco 49ers team, which all we've been talking about was how loaded the offensive side of the ball is, which is absolutely true. The thing that we have to pay attention to is the aggressiveness of this defense. And they're going to get out the deck. They're going to make him uncomfortable, a lot like Washington was able to do in that football game that they played in. And right here, Dak Prescott is tied for the NFL lead with 15 interceptions with Davis Mills. Yes, Davis Mills of the Houston Texans is tied for the lead with something with Dak Prescott, which is unfathomable to me but I just think that they're going to exploit Dak in a big way and this game is not going to be as close as people are predicting it to be. Will Dak Prescott lead the Cowboys beyond the divisional round for the first time since 1995? Thomas Davis Sr. says absolutely not. not. The question is what does Kurt Warner say? Because Kurt Warner, the Hall of Famer, seems to know something about Dak Prescott or seems to know how to pull a few Dak Prescott strings in a way that some other people may not, and that may include Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. MJ talked to the Hall of Famer earlier today. MJ, the mic is yours. A big hello to our Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner, who was on the call for Westwood One on Monday night as the Cowboys dominated the Buccaneers. Kurt, of course, a lot was said about Dak's interception issues leading up to the game, uh, but he shut that down immediately on the field. Wonder if it had anything to do with the little pregame chat you guys had. Uh, MJ, I'm 100% positive that had nothing <laughs> to do with it. It was just Dak being Dak. Well, after his flawless performance, he did give you a little shout out. Take a listen. I talked to Kurt before the game, uh, and he was just he was saying something about the interceptions. He's like, each one has their story, and I'm like, hey, you only know that if you've thrown the ball. So I uh, appreciate that. And just, um, yeah, that's, as I said, the confidence that I've gotten myself, that I've gained over the years, the confidence I've gotten these receivers and the guys I'm throwing it to, I'm not going to allow that to, to change the way that I play this game and the way that we stay aggressive on offense, and uh, simple as that. Game recognized game. That's all there is to it. All right, let's get to QB 101, of course, with our quarterback whisperer, apparently. Kurt, look at that. Um, what went right for Dak against the Bucks, and how can he replicate that against the Niners in the divisional round? When I looked at some of Dak's issues the last couple weeks, to me it was all about the eyes being in the right spot. When you start your eyes in the wrong spot as a quarterback, usually something bad happens. When you get your eyes started in the right spot is when it leads to good results. And that's what I saw for the most part on Monday night is Dak was starting his eyes in the right spot. Led to a lot of good results in that first playoff game. I mean, he looked as controlled, as poised, as patient as I've ever seen him in the pocket. It was great to see that Dak back. All right, Kurt, thank you. 
I want to thank today's special guests, Thomas Davis Sr. and MJ Acosta-Ruiz. Guys, thank you so much. Normally we see you on a Friday. Man, it's so nice to see you on a Wednesday. Join us tomorrow when we take a look at X-Factor matchups in four divisional round games. Eight teams, four games, one place for a viewer's guide that you didn't expect. It's right here on NFL Total Access, the podcast. That's tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.